Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Binds Us podcast. We are excited today to have Kareem Dubner, the CEO of Roshi Walker, on our podcast. Prior to working at Roshi Walker, she worked as the COO of Joie and as an EVP and COO at BCBG. Roshi Walker is the perfect brand for our audience and clients because it allows you to easily and quickly get dressed, but be super chic and comfortable. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So excited to get to talk to you. And first of all, I wanted to thank you for including us in your BW Women and telling your audience about what we do. So we are excited today to tell our audience what you do and what and more let them learn more about Roshu because it's such oh. a brand. So I'm just gonna jump right in and ask you, how long has Roshu Walker been a brand? Well, Roshu Walker was launched in end of 2008. Wow. Ooh, the recession. Yes. <laughs> I think I even knew that. And then when did you come on board? So I acquired Brochure Walker like March 2013. Oh, oh yes. Okay. So tell us, do you want to maybe walk us through your career path? And also, we haven't even mentioned the fact that you're French. <laughs> yes, yes. I was born in France. I came in the U.S. Uh, God, a long time ago. I'm not going to say how long. <laughs> but, um, I had the opportunity to start working with Max Azri as at BCBG, and um, basically by the age of 25, I was uh, base number two of a group. Wow. So I stayed there about 15 years, um, then left when I expected my third son. We moved as a family to Arizona and uh, lived there about 10 years, and I, I spent some time with... Um, I, I started working again, actually, with uh, Serge, Max's brother, Joie, and I stayed there about three years and then decided to have my own brand. So that was in 2013, Walker. Great. And so tell us about, so who started Walker? Lisa Brochu and Lauren Walker. <laughs> Great. Okay, I remember you telling us about this when we had coffee with you in L.A., Yes. Talked about that. Yes, they started the brand together and then they decided to part ways. And I guess this is when I um, walked in. Yes. Right. How lucky for the brand. Yes. Who do you, who do you describe as the brochure walker muse? Ooh, I think we, we have different ones. We've had many for sure. I mean, Lauren Newton is definitely one that comes to mind often. Romy Schneider, she's a, a French actress right. um, that also um, we relate to. Halle Berry, Monica Bellucci. It's really, really depends on the season. Okay. And so tell us about the season. So how many collections do y'all have a year? We only have four collections a year. Okay. Uh, we don't have new product every month. That's, uh, so, yes, four. Four, okay. And so is that spring, summer, fall, and holiday? That's correct. Okay, <laughs> perfect. And exactly. tell us about inventory. We 
as you know, are obsessed with Grocery Walker. And sometimes when we go on the website, some of the sizes are sold out, which is something for our audience to keep in mind that they need to be aware of drops since it's so popular, things sell out quickly. So how do y'all project inventory and decide how much to invest in and all of those things? Ah, God, it's a big question. Um, the way I do it, obviously, when we start, uh, we are a wholesaler uh, mainly. So when we start selling a collection, we kind of uh, sit down after market, realize what are the best sellers and not. And then, you know, because I work on projection and volume we would like to gain, then I'm kind of projecting myself how much pieces we should order in some style and not. Okay. Um, we have a lot of reorders for wholesale. Um, and when I say wholesale, there's our boutiques and uh, our specialty store chains. So, um, yeah, it's really, I've been doing this for a long time. So it's kind of tr taking position on the styles, colors that you believe will do well. Yes, exactly. And then tell us about the percentage of wholesale to direct-to-consumer. You certainly don't have to give exact numbers if that's not sure that y'all do, but for example, after COVID, is have you changed your your thought process on that at all, maybe? Well, let's be honest. So before COVID, uh, e-commerce was about 10%. Okay. Uh, so as I say, we're mainly a wholesaler, catering nice. to boutiques, stores, and, um, and during COVID, there was no wholesale. So e-com was 100% of it. <laughs> um, and and now I think it's a bit early to say, but definitely our top customers have reordered products, so it looks like business is, is coming back for wholesale, slowly but surely. Oh yeah, I definitely think that will happen for sure. All right, so best selling product. I think I already know the answer, but yeah. you know <laughs> it's our looker. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, it's our pre-styled sweater. We we have been doing it since um, since basically I got involved. So as I said, I, I I got in in 2013. So the first collection pretty much was in 2014, and and since this is a product that has done very well, it's pre-styled, it's uh, luxurious, it's um, it's easy, timeless. I I think it checks all the boxes. It really clicks to the point where some people are like, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to take it off sometimes. I think they, you know, <laughs> it's such a go-to piece that, you know, it, it's so hard sometimes for people to wear anything but the looker because it's such a great product. I'm really proud of you. I wonder if you knew how, what a big deal it was going to be when you, when you came up with it. Um, no, you never know, but sometimes you get very excited when there's a new product on the line. And I, I have to say it was exciting. It felt easy and, and different. Right. Um, so I, you know, obviously you never know what's going to work. Right. But you have, but, uh, I, I sense that people really like the product. So we have been evolving, changing, you know, um, adding colors, different woven's. I mean, that's been, uh, it's been exciting. Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. I know sometimes I feel like, you know, I think some of my clients would just order every single one and that's what they would wear. 
that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's our collection too. You know, we, we need to move on to a few other products of the brand too. But um, okay, we are very excited to learn more about this initiative, the Kinder to the Environment. Can you tell everyone what that is? Ooh, that's a big question. Um, so obviously, uh, sustainability is important to all of us. Yes. As, a, as citizen of the world, but it's kind of a, a balancing act, definitely in our industry, um, creating more clothes. So it's definitely challenging our ways, um, always. Yes. <laughs> but as I say, you know, Brush Walker, we, we only offer four collections a year. So we definitely, I think our motto has been conscious luxury. So we've always tried to offer timeless product. Um, prioritize quality over quantity yes. and um, and also affordability so it is challenging because you know we we need to make sure we use the right yarn but also closer to our factory so we are always trying to figure it out the best way for, for the product not jeopardizing quality but also um, for sustainability so we have been using and dyed yarn, recycle yarn whenever it doesn't jeopardize quality. Um, luckily, the foundation of our business is cashmere, which is a natural fiber. And it's bio, yeah, it's, so that has been helpful. But we also, um, as of late 2019, stopped using plastic in all our packaging. We are now using compostable bags. And if you go on brochurewalker.com, I don't know if you have ever ordered anything online, but our brochure walker boxes are made from material that can be recycled. So we really tried on you know different ways, whatever the number of pieces we produce, how we produce it, what we use, and everything that goes around. Truly, we're not 100% sustainable. We, we, we're making progress every day. Um, but it has been a, an initiative that we have been really excited about and we put a lot of heart into it. So That's wonderful. I think there is so much pressure on brands to just immediately become a sustainable brand and it's very expensive and it takes a lot of time and I think what you are doing is the perfect example of how to, how to move toward it in a, in a real way that can be sustained you know and yeah, I have to be very careful too I mean um, when you buy yarns or trims or anything like that you know they, they can call it recyclable but some of our vendors are honest enough to say you know we're actually producing extra trims so then they can be recycled and reused for something else and then it's like wait that isn't this redundant and then not really you know so it's it, or you have recycled yarns but it's really the leftovers and then you're losing the quality the yarn thickness length and it's just um, not something we are ready to do we we do want to make sure we keep the quality definitely and it's expensive isn't it so expensive yeah, actually they they can also yes the <laughs> yes that's something else too but yes the vendors can increase the prices because it's a uh, Mm. Like also, it has not, uh, you know, it's not always possible for us to uh, use some of those um, fabrication because right. of the minimums. But also, as we dive in and ask more questions, 
even though they might feel right, they're not really sustainable. Right, exactly. So we put a lot of, as a, it's, it's, it's really challenging. You know, we, we have a lot of questions. We, you always have to ask, um, yes, and hear more about what is really recyclable, what is really sustainable about it, how is this produce, where do you get it? So, Well, exactly. I feel yes. like, you know, aside from sustainability as a buzzword, if you think about responsible buying, that's why someone like me who recommends clothes for women, I, do, I don't take it lightly when I recommend somebody purchase something. And I make sure it's something that they can wear with jeans, they can mm -hmm. wear with a nice black pant and a strappy heel for nighttime. And, you know, that's what I feel about your pieces. You can wear them like the summer collection. You can wear it with a little thong sandal or you can dress it up at night and it's very sexy and, um, and glamorous. So I think that's another, you know, people don't talk about that enough, but when you have multifunctional pieces in your collection, that is a way of, of saving the earth too. True. Yes. Yes. And I think being timeless, you know, long-term, so it's not like fast fashion, you know, you, you invest in one piece and hopefully um, you'll use it throughout the years. I think that has always been important to me, though, even before I start working in the industry, I would save and I would buy the piece that I feel I could keep for a long time. Right. Right. Absolutely agree with that. Yeah. How has your business been affected by COVID and what changes have you implemented? Well, I think everyone has been affected by right. COVID. So as I said, with wholesale specifically, um, the, I feel that this has somehow has been a confirmation that knitwear is comfort. As I said, our, our online business really almost quadruple. So I feel like people were still buying and were still buying our product, which really um, was good to feel at the time. I feel that fashion should be timeless and it's kind of what I learn again. It's like, wow, you know, thank God it's not so fashion forward and thank God it's, it's timeless and all of that. I just felt that um, that was helpful. In terms of changes, we, we didn't have to do so much change. I know a, a lot of brands have been caught up because they have new product every month. And so they're, they're, you know, they've been sitting on a lot of inventory, a lot of collection. They didn't get a chance to right. deliver the world. Um, we, we don't have, as I said, you know, um, delivery every month. So I guess that has been a blessing. So it's kind of reinforcing what we have been done. We really have small curated collection. Right. Um, yeah, and that's um, that's really. I also think it's. We are. I mean, I've always been frugal, so I'm just um, yeah. That's that's very smart, and I feel like it lends itself. The brand lends itself well to work from home. So if people continue to do that going forward, you know, they can be comfortable in their home, but they can wear a brochure to any kind of Zoom meeting and be very appropriately and, and stylishly dressed in an understated way. Yeah, like when, you know, with, there's different women here that are involved in the process of creating product. And I think 
one thing that I also always look at is like, is it comfortable? I don't like things that are hitching. I don't like things that are uncomfortable. I want to be able to wear it all day. And if I wouldn't wear it, then I don't expect anyone to wear it. So, you know, comfort obviously is important, but also feeling good uh, in the product. And I think that at all time, COVID, not COVID, it's very important to feel good in the clothes you, you own and you wear. Yes. Sure. Definitely. And feeling special too. That's why I feel like we always have that twist, feminine twist and, you know, feeling good about yourself. Yes, absolutely. There is no doubt about that. And tell us about what does your role as CEO of a fashion brand look like? So that's day to day. What does that look like as well as responsibilities and more? Ha. I do so many different things. I mean, let's remember we are a small brand, so I do wear a lot of hats. But um, my day starts about 5 a.m. I usually try to do all my emails. Um, and um, I'm, I'm really involved very much with production. So that's when I pretty much uh, try to handle all the questions and, and follow up. And uh, when I get to the office, I meet with a creative team. We usually have fittings and, uh, you know, it's like changes of colors, a color, you know, prototype that comes in. And uh, it's also um, operations, customer service. It's like accounting and I'm involved with sales, obviously, wholesale. So I try to leave around five, but it's usually a longer day than that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you get to work at 5, is that what you said? At 5 a.m., yes, at home. I, I go through all my emails, oh, yes, wow. I try to. So during the day, because when I'm in the office, it's usually back-to-back, -back, whatever, it's a call or a meeting. So I, yeah, I usually get to think and do the work early yeah. in the morning. A little quiet time to concentrate. Yeah, that's, that's really smart. Yeah. Okay, this is a big question too. Um, how does it feel to be a female leader in the fashion industry? Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I worked in this industry for about 30 years now, and I feel like I've been very lucky. My, my first job really was at BCBG, and um, as I say, by the age of 25, I was number two of a group. So. I always felt very empowered. I, I think this is an industry where definitely there's a lot of women, a lot of women that in, are in, have big position and definitely in leadership. So for me, I, I, I've always felt good and I, I'm not really sure what else to say. I, I never felt myself, oh, I'm a woman and man, so I never really looked at this this way. But um, I... I I had a great experience so far. Right. If anything, today I'm surrounded by a lot of women, and sometimes I'm like, hmm, I think I need some better balance. <laughs> Too many women, you know, a lot of emotions. But um, I, I love it. So I think maybe too working for Max. It sounds like he was a great person to work for. Yes, he was amazing. Very, you know, really trusting all of us. I mean. <laughs> That. Um, yes, that, um, yes, amazing years. Yeah, started things off well. Um, what about you, Julia? What are some challenges that you have faced as CEO and how have you overcome them? Hmm. For me, 
throughout the years, even at being a CEO now, of thinking of uh, BCBG or, or Joie um, or today, I think navigating a crisis is always the hardest. Yeah. Um, I'm also a Taurus, so I'm, you know, change can be difficult sometimes. <laughs> but I think that's definitely, um, you know, change is a constant and it's, always you know you always have to prepare for the best but you always have to be ready for the worst so um you know cash flow is everything when you have a business being profitable obviously is key so um it's it's really having a good balance trusting your team enjoying working with your team um but always focusing what is most important and you know it's the customers the product so it's it's really juggling it all, right? Mm. Yeah. Are you? I, I answer your question. No, that was perfect. You answered two questions in one. Those are oh, all such wow. important things to keep <laughs> yeah. in mind. The next question was, what is the what are some important things to keep in mind when running a brand? And I think all of that is so important. And you know, micro being in an, being in an environment that is micromanaging really hinders and limits so much and it shows up in the product and customer facing. So, and also you can't forget that you, you need to enjoy it. It can't just be work and this chore right. that you have, but also you have to focus on being profitable and having the cash flow because a lot of people with this mm -hmm. VC venture capital situation is they got all this money and they were maybe not spending it in the best way. And they were really not necessarily, their number one thing was not to become profitable necessarily, but mm -hmm. more to grow. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast today and they were saying Snapchat has never even become profitable. It's all just crazy to me. I, I don't mm -hmm. totally understand all of that. And so are you involved in designing the collections? Oh, completely. I, yes, I pretty much decide on the colors, the yarns, and, and then we have a great creative team. And so they, they sketch, they have inspiration, and we go through it, and we decide together what moves forward. And then in the fitting, still in the fitting, the product can change again. Um, the collection evolves. Um, at, right now, we're working on summer 2021. So at this time, for example, we, we have put to bed all the colors, we have defined and picked all the fabrication, yarns, and then we probably within the next three, four months, and the, we'll, we'll go through together through the collection um, mm -hmm. as, as we change our minds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about lead time? So is it about a year in advance that you're working on the collections or more? About a year. Okay. Yes, about a year. Tell us about pricing. So how do you determine the price points? What is important to keep in mind there? Well, we, we always try to be as affordable as, as possible, but I don't really want to compromise on the yarn and the fabrication right. um, because I think this is part of a brochure walker experience. Um, we, we do want to have that element of luxury. So it's really, 
again, and this is where my head of CEO comes in, is making sure that we have the right margin so we can sustain all our expenses. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's what, what is key. So that's how the prices are pretty much um, dictated. I mean, sometimes, unfortunately, we, we can't really have uh, um, okay margins. And because the product we feel is very important, we feel that as a price point, we, you know, we shouldn't be higher than that. So I'll make a decision to, um, to have a lower price point. But in general, that's how we price the collection. Yeah, that's, that's good information. Yes. Very good and did you learn how to run a business, do you think, from working at BCBG? I obviously, I, I learn every day. I don't think that ever. <laughs> but I think for me, yes, it was obviously my, my biggest experience because I was, I mean, I started working with Max and um, I, think it's, I think I had it in me though, because I, I remember one of the first meetings, it's like, okay, we're gonna cut this product, cutting this mean, deciding what will go in production. Yeah. And I will see the units sold and then I will see the units once produced. And I'm like, this is too much, this is not enough. So it, will, it, will, it started kind of being eventually a partnership and then it let me do it and, and then, um, I love bouncing ideas with him and vice versa. I spent so many hours and, 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 and weeks and months and years. I, I definitely learned a lot with Max. Right. You all did an amazing job, that's for sure. Well, I feel like you really have a, a gift for this, for, for knowing, you know, the right decisions to make. I really do. Um, it just comes to you naturally. What do you want? A woman to feel when she is wearing something so telling our audience about kind of the ethos of Roshi Walker oh, I feel like um, a woman I mean at least this is the way I want to feel as a woman I want to feel beautiful feminine powerful I, I, I want to feel comfortable too um, I think those are are the keywords for me like yeah, powerful, beautiful, comfortable, that. and relevant too. I don't, you know, I feel like I, I want to make sure that I, what I wear also is not too basic or I want people to realize I'm wearing something that I right. put a, a bit of thought into. I'm yeah. at an effort. Definitely. I love the way you use uh, powerful and feminine in the same sentence. I think that a lot of women don't know that you can be both. So I think that's important. And I love that you um, hear so much about quality. Oh, thank you. That yeah, I always try to push for a deep V and up shoulder. Right. <laughs> so yes, I think it's important, but also I, I want the quality is important and, uh, and being comfortable, you know, you just- That is important. Get good in it. That's so, so great that you put an emphasis on that. I mean, that is really, really smart. Yeah. Thank you. What is next for Broshi Walker? Oh, I brick and mortar. We oh. are working on opening a store. Wow. In LA? In LA, hopefully 2021. We've been working on our concept. Um, I feel it's important for us to have a space where the line can be showcased all together. 
And I feel also it would be good for us, the creative team, everyone at Bruce Walker to see it come together, see what we are missing. I'm sure we can learn a lot more um, or, you know, what we don't really need. So um, I think this is something that is really dear to us and, and definitely working on that. Oh my goodness. Any plans for NYC? No, not at this time. I, I want to make sure it's a store, you know, we are uh, located in Los Angeles. Right. So um, I, I want to make sure it's a store we can go see, feel often. I, it's, I think it's going to be obviously a showcase and a place to buy the product. But I think for us, it's also going to be a, a tool to see it come together. Yeah. Definitely. That's like it's, it's very, you know, the, the way we work every day, the reason we're so busy is that we really jump from one collection to another. So right now we just launched our, our um, free spring 2021 collection. So we're working on that. But at the same time, we're also working on fitting spring 2021, right. you know, uh, you know creating summer 2021 so we, we really jump from one collection to another and we i think having a store will be the opportunity for us to see it all coming together at once That's wonderful i feel like and, we went to the showroom in new york and we saw all of the clothes you know it's like oh, the showroom, yes boutiques in different towns. I know the boutiques say in Birmingham, Alabama that Carrie Brochu and you see what their selection is, but to see all of it is in one place is just wonderful. So y'all, that's going to be a fabulous thing for you all. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. And for, and for the public, you know, mm -hmm. um, where can we find you? Well, obviously brochurewalker.com. Um, a lot of uh, boutiques, uh, intermix, uh, sacks, some doors, some um, resorts. We are really in different places. I, I can't say, hey, you go to the store and we're there all the time. It really, it's, um, we're a bit of everywhere. <laughs> Which is so nice. You can just put it in Google search and find it at, at places, but then you can also find it. Yes, Shop Bob. I mean, there's really different places. I think anthropology is buying some. It's really all kind of demographic and, uh, right. um, yes, really different stores. And then it's... And we're been lucky for that. I love not neighborhood, but, you know, small, elegant boutiques in hometowns that know their, their women and um, that when you find it there, you know, I love to see that curation of the brand too so yes yes You're doing all the right things Corinne. any advice for mm -hmm. an entrepreneur for someone wanting to start a business any business so I think it needs to start with passion if you don't have a passion it's going to be such hard work and you even I mean even me with a lot of experience I expected brochure walker to be a certain way and and as I came on board, there were so many surprises. So <laughs> I feel that I've been able to navigate it because I had the passion and I was willing to put it all in. And it's, um, for me, it has been a lot of work, a lot of heart. I mean, I feel that it needs to start with that. And obviously surrounding yourself with people that are better than you are in certain areas, like I, 
I think I have a sense of fashion, but my creative team is like a million times better. All of us together, we make brochure walker. So teamwork also. I don't think anyone can succeed alone. No, I love. We're totally in line with that advice. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> really good. Good advice. All right. Well, we have just loved so much talking with you, Corrine. It's been a oh, real thank you. Thank you to agree to talk with us today. And you know, we will My be first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> An excellent job, and we're honored. And we will continue to tell the world about this brand that we love. Thank you. Thank you. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about our show, subscribe to our podcast, and also scroll to the bottom and give a rating and or a review. Those are the best ways for other people to find out about our podcast. See you next time. Bye.